Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broadcasting live on the Mix Radio Network. You're listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. Casey, the floor is yours. All right, how you doing, everybody? It's your old pal Casey Ryan here again for another episode of Cutting Room Floor, a little podcast that I started to showcase any entertainers and creative types. Uh, sometimes they're not so indie from all walks. I like to say, if you've got a story to tell or product to sell, and I want to hear from you. Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. You can ask anybody that knows me. I'm well engaged there all the time, at Cutting Room MRB, or you can hit me up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cutting Room MRB, or shoot me an email, cuttingroomfloor.mrb at gmail. Com. Give me your feedback, good, bad, or ugly. If you want to be on the show, I'm always looking for musicians to play. Uh, I've got another great piece lined up for you today. Uh, so if you're an indie artist and you want some airtime, let me know. Send me your tracks and I'll be happy to help uh, get the word out there the best way that I can. Uh, quick thank you as we do at the top of the show to The Wolf, who acts as my announcer. Also to Michael Cardillo for playing my opener. And to the gang down at BrigadeRadio1.com uh, in Los Angeles and Film Snob com and Nashville, both of whom have me syndicated down there. So, uh, and also a thank you where credit where it's due to uh, to Stuart Michelson, a mutual friend who uh, was instrumental in setting up the interview today, and to Nick Macritus, uh also was a big help in setting up the interview today. So, uh, I, I'm getting a little bit out of my <laughs> my comfort zone here. I, I've had. A wide variety of people on over the years, and I, I say this as a point of pride. I, I've had everybody from professional athletes to uh, a general from the Canadian Armed Forces was on here one time, uh, uh, Major General Ian Poulter, who I'm very proud to have on. His unit was the subject of a documentary. I've had business leaders. I've had fine artists. I've had a hell of a lot of filmmakers. And every once in a while, you just like to do something, an opportunity gets presented to you that's a little bit different from what you're doing. And it's, it's kind of fun to be able to, to, uh, to stretch your mind a little bit creatively, So, which is why I jumped at the chance uh, to interview my guest today. Uh, very special show of the cutting room floor uh, I've got lined up for you today. My, uh, my guest is Tom Pentafunta, so you can tell, like me, he's got a good Irish name. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I say that, come on, uh, Tom, I, all kidding aside, uh, very proud member of the Hellenic community in Laval and, and, and Montreal. He's, uh, he's got a Bachelor of Law, uh, a BA in Poli Sci, a mini MBA. A certificate in entertainment law and uh, is also currently uh, the uh, uh, is about to actually stand as a candidate for uh, the Progressive Conservative Party of Canada in the federal election that's going to be coming up this fall in my writing in Laval Uh So I, I got a chance to meet him through a couple of mutual friends, and, and lo and behold, here we are, where we get to do the interview. So to, to talk about his life in politics and, and uh, you know what keeps him up at night and that kind of thing, uh, the cutting room floor proudly welcomes for the first time uh, Tom Penafondas. Uh Tom, how you doing? 
Great. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Casey. I really appreciate the invite. And um, I can also add that I spent four years as vice chair of the uh, CRTC um, for broadcasting mostly. Um, spent a lot of time in compliance and, and, uh, and enforcement and uh, telecom. So um, I know a little bit about some of the people you mentioned earlier and a uh, big, big fan of entertainment generally. And that's one of the things that attracted me to the, to the job. Um, after having uh, spent uh, 15 years um, practicing criminal law and basically pleading in courts uh, in Quebec, Ontario, uh, and the Maritimes um, for all those years. Um, but uh, really interested in, in comms, and especially interested in, in uh, entertainment and a big film buff. And um, I think like everybody else, we've become a bit of a TV buff now because of the quality of what we're seeing on, uh, on the little screen. Um, as opposed to what's happening on the big screen. But uh, yeah, great to be here and um, fire away. So, yeah, and uh, I, I didn't realize that you traveled around a lot. You mentioned that you worked in the Maritimes too? Well, no, that was in the, uh, in the, uh, in the cadre of my, of my practice. I'd have oh, cases, oh, okay. uh, uh, be it in New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and uh, Ontario, and Quebec when I was practicing law. And then the five years I spent at the commission, I, I traveled uh, extensively, mostly in Canada, and then I spent a year and a half as a vice chair, uh, not vice chair, but executive VP at Stingray, uh, which is a dis digital music company right, right. Um, in charge of uh, growing uh, markets in Europe and Asia and the Middle East and Africa. And uh, so I spent a fair bit of time overseas um, for that uh, for that post. And um, and we're back in Montreal now and looking forward to this new challenge, uh, this new political challenge. I really think the time has come. So, so, so how did you get started in, in politics in general? Like, I, I understand that you had kind of a, a foray in both to, into provincial politics as well as the federal. But, but uh, how did you decide, that, you know, going from law and, and comms and all this other great stuff into politics? Well, I think my political, uh, I was always interested in politics because I was always interested in, in, in helping people and improving um, people's lives uh, in this country. You know, this country, my parents came here in 63. I was born in 64. And I um, have a lot of appreciation of what this country has offered me and what it's offered more, most Canadians. And uh, I think it was about, um, oh, 2002, 2003, a buddy of mine, uh, Leo Housakos, who's currently a senator, introduced me to Mario Dumont. And I met Mario and we hit it off. And uh, I was very displeased with uh, promises not being kept by the um, Liberal government at the time. Jean Charest had just been elected um, on a policy of re-engineering the state. And it was a year and a half in, and uh, he hadn't respected any of his promises. And I just got tired of people not doing what they're saying. They said they were going to do and, and not saying what you know they, they do. Um, so that kind of caught my attention. And... Um, I had a lot of interesting discussions with uh, with Mario, and then I got involved with the ADQ and eventually became president of the party um, because I thought we could do things differently. And um, it didn't work out uh, at the time. We came close, but um, the new form of the ADQ, which is now the CAC, is currently uh, has a huge majority government in Quebec, um, as um, Quebecers and Canadians know. And some of those policies are uh, are coming to the fore. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, debt that was racked up in Quebec over those years, and I think there was a lot of corruption as well. And uh, that's unfortunate because it is our money that's being uh, used and abused, and I I find that uh, unacceptable. 
and um, so the CAC's in there now, and let's see, let's see what happens. But so, that's how we initially got involved in, in politics, and um, and I just kind of felt uh, a year ago when I started discussing this particular run um, that we were really heading in the wrong direction in this country, and that we couldn't afford another four years of uh, the Trudeau government. And uh, you know, for those of you maybe tuning in internationally, uh, there's there's a couple of acronyms that we're throwing out here. The CAQ is the coalition, uh, the Lavenir de Quebec. That's the party that's in power now. Uh, the ADQ is the Action Democratique de Quebec, which for a long time was a, a, a very popular party here, and again got morphed into to what we have now. Uh, I, I guess why the move to to the federal branch then, uh, Tom? Um, it just, um, I felt that's where the greatest need was at this point. I think um, I, when I say I wasn't happy with the direction, I'm, I'm quite uh, discouraged and uh, quite upset by where we're going as a country. Um, I think we had uh, 10 years of a Harper government where um, Stephen Harper was a, an administrator of, of the state and uh, did a great job uh, at that. I think he managed to get us through the worst economic meltdown since the Great Depression in Canada. And uh, we had no problems, even as conservatives, spending our way out of that um, global mess. But when the mess passed and we got ourselves back uh, in gear and ran a very tight ship and balanced our budget and left a surplus when this government came in. And uh, since then, uh, this government's been accumulating $25 billion on average of debt every year. Uh, added to this country, and I think that's um, unacceptable, especially during good times. Because, and here's where it gets really important, and it hits close to home for me. You know, governments are there to make things easier for their population. When the economy is going well, you should be saving and uh, growing it. And when the economy turns south, you need to have the resources. And this is true anywhere in the world. The government needs to have the resources to invest massively to make sure that Canadians do not fall off the economic cliff um, that creates ruinous conditions for them and their kids. And when you mismanage a government, government's finances, when during the good times, you're not going to have the resources um, to come to uh, the rescue of Canadian families when things turn south. And uh, for your global audiences, um, especially European audiences, they, they know of what I speak, uh, be it Southern Europe. And uh, given that my parents are Greek immigrants, I, I know something about what um, what Greeks have suffered over the last 10 years. You lose all your sovereignty. Uh, the International Monetary Fund and uh, the World Bank um, take over and dictate terms and conditions. And those terms and conditions are absolutely catastrophic for people, especially the middle class. And if you really care about the middle class, you have to be very careful with their finances. Um, I was also this morning uh, celebrating uh, Santo Antonio with the Portuguese community. And um, uh, our Portuguese friends know of what I speak as well, uh, given that they had to taste the similar medicine as the Greeks um, and the Spaniards and the Italians and, um, and other nations that have gotten into uh, trouble with debt. So, I think that's the the biggest motivator for getting involved in politics. And above and beyond that, Canada, as you know, is um, an exporting nation, right. given our population. And um, you need to have good international relations to um, keep up your exports. 
And I think there as well, this government's been disastrous and they're going to be real, there's going to be a real impact and real ramifications uh, of that inability to cultivate international relationships. And we can start with the U.S. and this uh, hardly veiled um, uh, war going on with, between uh, the American president and, uh, and, um, and, uh, Pierre, and uh, Justin Trudeau. You know, we may not like who was elected uh, south of the border, uh, but the principal job that the Canadian Prime Minister has is to make sure that that relationship stays intact right. and is properly cultivated. Because when 75% of your exports go south of the border, and that's over 80% for Quebec, you need to keep those markets open. Um, okay. And that's not what's happening. And it's ha not happening for strictly you know, uh, uh, political and, uh, and character reasons. Um, I think I dropped you there, right, Casey? Did you have a question? Okay, well, yeah, okay, I, I've got several, in fact, but, but I'll, I'll start with the immediate one. I wasn't actually going to go there in terms of talking about the states because, uh, I mean, obviously this is a headline that, that, that you can't get away from it, quite frankly. You, you've got to call out the elephant in the room. That uh, is there really, given the propensity of the administration to the south of the border to basically fly in the face of every known convention in politics is there any right way that Canada could possibly approach dealing with the government along those lines I, I, I guess there, I believe there is and that's not to come to the defense of this American president or any other American president um, that being said and, and there's an approach and and uh given the fact that i i think we i may have to we may have to use that approach um after october um i'd rather not delve into that um too uh, profoundly fair enough but you you certainly don't want to be insulting um your uh greatest uh, friend ally and biggest trading partner um in the history of mankind with uh, tweets and other uh, things of that nature. And I think that um, foreign leaders, uh, European leaders, for example, uh, other members of the G7, uh, be it Angela Merkel or uh, Emmanuel Macron, um, have a lot more latitude to say what they feel uh, than a Canadian prime minister might. Uh, okay. If you know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I vaguely, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you, you throw out, you know, and, and it all goes, a lot of this goes back to the, the initial quote, uh, the initial tweet uh, from the prime minister back in the day when um, uh, President Trump was putting up all kinds of roadblocks to, to foreign travelers and Americans that left the country and how they get back, uh, most of them who uh, have uh, family and uh, are... Um, or from the Middle East, as an example. Um, and, you know, Trudeau came out and tweeted, you know, we're not like the Americans. We have an open-door policy. We'll take your hungry and your huddled masses and your, uh, and your starving. And that created the, um, the Roxham situation uh, in Canada, where we've got people crossing the border just because they came and won across the border with, with no real status. And, um, and we've got to deal with that. And I think... I think it was a mistake. I think Canadians realize it was a mistake. I think even Justin Trudeau may realize it's a mistake. But you have to be careful. And you have to weigh your words when dealing with um, foreign leaders, uh, especially your biggest trading partners, as I said earlier. So we can get into that. Um, but he is democratically elected. 
And uh, that's what you have to work with. You know, we don't pick uh, American presidents and the American presidents don't pick Canadian prime ministers. And that's how international politics works. You have to deal with what's there. Uh, okay, this is as good a, uh, a place as any to, to call for the mid-show break. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to uh, call up the uh, the commercial you run for uh, Gary Mitchum Raves and Rob Gokey in the podcast that they're running. Uh, two great friends of mine uh, south of the border that, that uh, are chronicling uh, Gary's uh, life and experiences as a wrongfully incarcerated person and uh, a former moonshine runner. One of the coolest guys and one of the most natural storytellers you'll ever hear. Uh, and I've also got a piece by Dennis McCalment out of Mayo, Ireland, who sent me a brand new single off of his uh, hotly released album. Uh, the track is called Gemini, and the new album is called From Now to Then. And then we're going to be back in a few minutes with, uh, with Tom Penafonis. So, Tom, if you could just hit mute there, and we'll be back with you in about five minutes. All right? Will do. Thank you. Floyd County, Rome, Georgia. Live on the air. <laughs> We're back with an all-new season of Mitchum, and this time we've got a special guest with us. Our very good friend and sister and new cousin and relative, Lana Inslee. The woman who broke open Mitchum's case on Undisclosed joins us this season for a very special episode. The last episode, 10, was when I heard Lana for the first time, and I heard for the first time uh, what Bo Salmon told her, how he killed Grace. Lana joins us on the Mitchum Podcast to talk about who really killed Grace Reynolds. Actually, Susan called me and um, asked me if I would speak with her about a case that she was working on. And I said, well, if it's concerning the man in Georgia that got sent off for killing a lady named Grace, he did not do that. A guy named Bo Solomon did that. This season, we've got more car chases, more heartwarming moments, and more stories from Mitchum's dangerous past. I got a gun under the counter, and this is one of those things where you you just, best thing you can do is hope you live through this. And the guy reached over the counter and put the gun in my eyes, right between my eyes. I mean, he had it in my head, man. All new stories for season two of Mitchum, coming June 3rd. Welcome to Mitchum. Trying to figure it out, but there's no answer. What's it all about? Anyway, I'm so sure of myself I think I got all the answers I don't need your help I'm okay, yeah That's a Gemini A jewel in the dark Two sides to my heart 
arms I'm not a figure skater As the day turns to night I'm a twilight communicator I'm in awe of the stars Feels like there's something greater McCalment uh, from Mayo, Ireland. Dennis is a frequent contributor to the Continental and uh, that was this new track called Gemini off of his brand new album uh, From Now to Then. And uh, we're on with uh, Tom Penafundis, who is uh, currently the uh, Progressive Conservative Party candidate for Laval des in the upcoming federal election in Canada. Uh, now, Tom, you kind of touched on this, and I, I, I'm going to ask a question that Paul Reeves, uh, the guy from my friend here from Scotland, asked. I'm going to take a slant on this. Uh, the Conservative Party, in in general, I, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is is the, there's a tendency to associate them with economic platforms, and, and I was just wondering uh, if there were any other issues that the that the Conservatives are big on that that, that you'd like to comment upon uh, apart from the economy I think um, the economy is what allows you to do everything else oh okay oh, great okay okay so when you have an economy that is firing on all cylinders and that's not the case in Canada we're gonna have 1.2 percent growth this year and the Americans are gonna have like three and a half percent growth so there's a definite disconnect there we shouldn't be at those levels okay we have zero um, private investment in Canada right now, be it Canadian or international. All the money's going south of the border because the opportunity seems to be there. So when you when you don't have your economy firing on all cylinders, you are curtailed in your ability to help people improve their lot in life through education, 
through training, um, through all these things that a government should be doing, through in creating infrastructure that allows for economic growth. So are economic issues important? Of course they are. And um, are environmental issues important? Of course they are. Are getting things done important? Of course they are. Are taking care of the people that can't take care of themselves? Most certainly they are. And the idea and the guiding light of the Conservative Party of Canada is actually delivering on all the promises that Justin Trudeau has not been able to deliver on. Um, selfies are great. Talk is great. Right. But it's also cheap. You know, the, yeah. the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. And we need to be results-oriented. Uh, because from my perspective, things are falling apart. Be it in Canada, our relationship with the U.S., as I mentioned, our relationship with China, our relationship with India after that ridiculous um, Mr. Dress-Up uh, party he threw last year with sort of 12 different outfits over 12 different days for himself and his entire family. Uh, and that has an impact. Your relationship with China has an impact on Canadians' everyday lives and their ability to survive and prosper. When canola is not being allowed to leave Canadian shores for China, um, when they're blocking pork uh, exports as well, all that because of our failed relationship. You know, life... Um, politics, business, love, it's all about relationships. And um, this government's failed miserably in their relationships, and we're going to be paying the economic price. So as a local representative for, for Laval des Elles, right, um, I, I guess what keeps you up at night? Tell me a little bit more about what a day in the life of, of Tom Penafonis is like for, for somebody who's... Uh, who's running for office and, and looking to, to, to win over the vote of, of the local constituents in my neighborhood, right? I, I, guess, I guess what keeps you up at night? Uh, what keeps me up at night is the possibility that we suffer another four years of this mismanagement and the state of affairs that we'll find ourselves in after that. I think we need to put a stop to it now because things are going to be a lot more uh, difficult to put back uh, four years down the road. Um, and in terms of a daily life, you know, I'm still practicing criminal law. I still have to pay the mortgage. And you talked about um, briefly about the judicial system and people being um, unlawfully incarcerated or convicted. And um, if you want to find out more about what makes me tick, um, injustice is sort of the principal thing that... Um, that I fight against every day of the week. I think when you're involved in the criminal justice system, um, you realize how difficult it is when you're charged as an example and how you've got all the power of the state coming down on your shoulders. And when that happens to you, when that happens to anybody in this country or in just about any other country, right. um, you need to have somebody in your corner who's going to fight for you. It's called representation, but it's really called kind of being there to go to war uh, with you uh, against Goliath. And um, so I've had this experience. I know what it is to be representing people and uh, to be uh, listening to people's concerns and to be their voice. The voice to have a, a person of action for Laval des Îles in Ottawa. And uh, that's not the case now. And um, being concerned about people and trying to help people 
get what they need to improve their lives. And uh, why do I keep coming back to the economy? Because it's at the heart of um, it's the, the 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 motor from which everything else stems. And if we want to improve people's lives and uh, build parks and build schools and build roads and build trains and build metros and build everything else, um, we need to find the means to do all that. Yeah, you got to get people. Uh... <clears throat> out there working and, and uh, feeling that they can spend their money too, right? To... <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. You, you know, you, you, you help out the local businesses and, um, and everything is interconnected today. It's interconnected locally and it's interconnected internationally. Right. Uh, and that's why uh, our relationships um, domestically and internationally are so important today. You really have to know how to get along with people um, and get things done. And your word is is at the heart of that, you know, in any kind of um, relationship. And uh, this is a government that hasn't kept its word. Um, when they tell you we're going to have zero deficit after uh, four years and they're still running 20, 25 billion a year, that's not true. And they haven't even explained to you why and they haven't even excused themselves for doing that. Um, that's one example. Uh, and I, I would imagine that, that as part of this, that, that there's a fair amount of community outreach that you're going to have to do in terms of going out there and meeting yeah. people and, and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned the, you. The, uh, the, the, you know, the, the Portuguese festival. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I'll tell you why. I'll give you, you raise another interesting issue, and it's uh, why pick La Valise. And uh, when I first started talking with the uh, Quebec lieutenant uh, for the Conservative Party of Canada, um, about writings and doing it or not doing it. You know, they were pretty open to the idea of, of me running uh, in a lot of different places. Right. And I picked Laval is Ill because I think Laval is Ill really is a reflection of, uh, of Montreal, Greater Montreal, and a really a reflection of most urban areas in Canada uh, right now, in that uh, Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver certainly. Uh, have more than um, half the population in those cities that does not have uh, English or French as their mother tongue. Right. And that's mm-hmm. also the case uh, in Laval-les-Îles. You know, the great thing about Montreal um, is you've got the ability to, the PG, as we say in French, to, 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 uh, to dip your, your, your foot, uh, to go to the well, sorry, um, of the uh, French-Canadian culture, uh, the English Quebec culture, the English Canadian culture, um, all these cultural communities that have come to Montreal, uh, some of them, you know, 100 years ago, and some of them, uh, you mentioned the Irish, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the Irish maybe 100, 150 years ago, and um, there was a, a Jewish influx, and, uh, and then the Italian community, and the Greek community, and the Portuguese community, yeah. um, and uh, we had uh, Vietnamese uh, uh, community in the 70s and the Haitian community and the Lebanese community and all these people come to us obviously because of economic hardship back home um, and um, and and so you get this um, wealth um, a linguistic and a cultural wealth um, that um, in Montreal and you also get um, as opposed to the rest of North America um, this official language which is only shared by, you know, if you, if you look at all of North America and even add South America, 
Um, it's a very small percentage of, uh, of the Americas that is uh, francophone. Right. And we have the right. privilege of uh, having that here. And um, so for me, I, I, I'm at ease in English. I'm at ease in French. I'm at ease in Greek. And I am culturally at ease um, with the uh, Lebanese community. I was at their festival Friday. We had a great time with the Portuguese community today. Um, and uh, the Egyptian Coptic community. I visited their church a few weeks ago. And um, so I think it speaks to who we are as Canadians. And I think um, it's going to only continue in that, uh, in that vein. I think we're, we're lucky as Canadians that a lot of people from around the world want to come and live here. And I understand why. And uh, we're open to that. And uh, that's another issue we have to, that, I, that I raised upon briefly earlier, is that we need to create, um, get back to a, a compassionate, orderly uh, immigration system, um, as opposed to this uh, nonsense that uh, Justin Trudeau is allowed to, uh, um, to happen in Canada for all these years, where people that have legitimately uh, applied and waited and are waiting overseas, oftentimes in horrible um, conditions, um, are being delayed because we've got to process all these people that are just walking over. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, I think uh, Laval is ill. Um, I like it because of its demographics. I think it, uh, it represents who Canada is today, and it uh, very much uh, speaks to who I am as a um, trilingual, multicultural uh, uh, person and uh, and the fact that uh, the Greater Montreal area has allowed me to, uh, to to live that experience. You know, we talked about, we saw what happened with the Raptors this week, and uh, I mean, it's 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 it, you know the the GT uh, the GTA the Greater Toronto area is uh, is this huge kaleidoscope uh, collage of uh, <laughs> cultures and colors and peoples and religions and um, and it's a beautiful thing, and that's what uh, Canada is, and uh, that's what Canada is going to be uh, going forward. I'm sure. No, I, and and you mentioned that I, you know Laval is uh, it, it's a fun place to be because you're right it it doesn't you know find itself pigeonholed like a lot of other writings where I, I would submit that you could, you do see a cross section of pretty much every kind of possible belief that you could you, you could find. Yeah, right? <laughs> absolutely. You know, you, in you, Laval, especially, it's, I think it's well, I know it's the um, it's the uh, the writing that has the most uh, non-francophone uh, vote uh, of any writing in Laval, um, and in that sense, it's a lot more reflective of the island of Montreal. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun, a lot of different flavors, and a lot of different people getting together, and um, and all working towards improving their lot in life and improving their kids' lot in life, and that's why all our parents came to this beautiful country. And that's if if yeah, I can contribute in a super infinitesimal way um, to making things better, um, I'd like to do that. But that requires uh, a seriousness, and it requires competence, um, and it requires a plan and structure, and things need to be thought out. Uh, you can't just you know, yeah, I had a great idea. Let's you know, let's ban plastics by 2021. Oh, great. Um, how are you going to do that <laughs> to, to, to get to something more current? You know, what, what's the impact? Uh, what does that mean for crying out loud? Um, how many jobs will we lost for people that are spending, that are creating plastics today? And why did you give a $35 billion grant to a company the day before that produces plastics if you're trying to get rid of plastics? I mean, if, if, there's no rhyme or reason. And, and obviously, you know, when you get that question, which is a very simple question, you know, how is your family 
helped or contributed to to changing uh, the way you use plastics? And my answer would have been very simple. It's called tap water. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, it's free as heck. And uh, I drink it every day and lots of it. And, uh, you know, and my, you know, my daughter's got this uh, bottle that she takes to school with every day. And she puts tap water in that and goes off. And, I mean, these are, these are real environmentalists. And then you've got, you know, Justin, just, oh, my goodness, I've never seen a question like that. I think it's, it's, it's got to make, the, you know, the, the, the bloopers real, the global bloopers real, We're talking about uh, the bottles. And I don't have the bottles. I put the bottles and I take the, oh, no, I don't take plastic bottles. And I use carton bottles. And I, 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 nobody understood what he was talking about. Um, and it shows to you how disconnected um, the person that claims to speak for the middle class is from the middle class, unfortunately. And uh, it's quite a luxury to be able to buy your, your water in a box, and uh, which is less environmentally friendly than an actual plastic bottle. That's documented, uh, which costs a fortune as, as, as opposed to tap water, which costs nothing, as opposed to bottled water, which doesn't cost that much. So at some point, and I think that's, that's where Canadians are at, and that's why we're ahead of the polls, and we're even in the poll, ahead of the polls in Quebec, and that hasn't happened with the Conservative Party since Brian Mulroney was around, and, and so I'm dating myself and others. That brings us back to the 80s, friends, out there in, uh, in podcast land. And, um, and that's where we're at, uh, Casey. Uh, Tom, I can tell you, this was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, and I, I know that you've got a, a crazy schedule here, so I, I'm, well, I'll tie this up for you. But where can people go to learn more about what you're doing and, and uh, you know, follow your uh, your race here? You know, I think, for, the, for I think the easiest way to kind of follow what I'm, where I'm at and what I'm doing is um, is to uh, go to my Facebook page, which is Tom Pentefontes uh, Parti Conservateur or uh, Tom Pentefontes Conservative Party. And uh, I'll post it on a regular basis, and people can take a look at the bio and, and hear my uh, my initial speech from back in December, um, where I kind of laid out uh, why it is I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and um, and there you go. And anytime you want to do this again, and if people even want to ask questions and call in and have queries, um, domestically or international, let me know, and it'd be my pleasure to come on. Uh, no, maybe uh, you know if you're up to it, sure. Then we, we can have you back a little bit further out when you're uh, kind of in the thick of things. So uh, I, I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Casey. All right. So and thanks to everybody for listening. So I'm just going to uh, ask you to hang on here. I'm just going to wrap this up. And uh, again, on behalf of my guest uh, Tom Penafontis, uh, again with a thank you to Dennis McCalmont and Melissa Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, until then, I'll call it cut, print, wrap, and I am done. That was another edition of the Cutting Room Floor with your host Casey Ryan. Follow Casey on Twitter at Cutting Room MRB and on Facebook, the Cutting Room Floor. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.